All right, welcome back to What's the Value? Uh, this is actually episode 100, so pretty big milestone, and, and I think a fitting conversation to have on the 100th episode, not to make too much of a deal about it, but um, my guest today, Rachel, started off with a really interesting value. Um, she quoted it as, understanding we we're all spirits having a human experience. And, and I say it's a really interesting way to start um, because, you know, at least for me, I've heard phrases like that before. I've heard, I've heard people say those types of things. I'm, I'm familiar with that kind of concept at a very high level, but it's very rare that we actually get to dig in and kind of understand what does that actually mean and what's the implications of it. And I say this often, but it's the reason I love doing this show because it gives me an opportunity to do that with people that are really thoughtful um, and and have a really interesting perspective on on these types of things. So. Rachel's background, just as a quick quick bit on it. So she's an author. Um, she's written a book called Celebrating Solitude, How to Develop and Honor Your Highest Self. She's a holistic psychotherapist. She's a transformational life coach. She has her own podcast. Um, and, and maybe most importantly, she was more than game to kind of work through my very logical thinking mind and logical approach to understanding a very spiritually driven value. Um, and I think that worked really well for the, for the conversation. Because um, we kind of did, we, we worked through kind of piece by piece what that value meant, what the implications were, kind of logically what it implied about human nature, the universe, God, divine spirit, whatever you want to call it, all these different things that we're able to touch on. And I think maybe the biggest takeaway for me was kind of underpinning this, this entire value and, and really our existence as humans is that we're here to constantly learn and evolve so that we can kind of bring this knowledge about our existence in the universe back to kind of this collective consciousness or, or knowledge base to, to make the world and the universe, I guess, a better place. Um, so really interesting, a lot to unpack in that. And, and that's exactly what we did. We got into things like, you know, where does human suffering fit into this equation? How does good and evil fit in? And maybe, maybe one of the more interesting aspects of this is as we really dug into it, um, it starts to sound a lot like formalized religion, right? This idea that we can't really fully understand it, but there's this belief that there is some plan behind it and that we should have faith that if we work towards it, you know, we'll get to a better place. <laughs> Again, sounds a lot like a religion at a high level. And to Rachel's credit, she, she didn't disagree with that. She's actually studied many religions to kind of get different perspectives. And I think her view is that at the core, most of them are saying the same things and, and, and very similar to what she's trying to get to. Um, and we also spent some time talking about what does this mean practically, right? It's one thing to believe that we're all spirits kind of working towards some collective consciousness, but what does that mean for us on kind of a Monday morning in July? <laughs> what does that mean for our lives and what we're supposed to do? Um, and Rachel had some, some interesting thoughts on that too and how it impacts her life and, and the work she does and all that. So really interesting conversation, very philosophical, very spiritual, right in the wheelhouse of what, what I like to talk about. Um, and with that, let's get to the episode with Rachel. All right, Rachel, thanks so much for being on. Excited to talk to you today. Uh, I like to get right to it, so I will. And I'll ask the question of what's the value that's most important to you? That's a great question. Uh, and thank you for having me on your show. Um, so the value for me is um, understanding that we are all spirits having a human experience. Mm -hmm. And with with that understanding, with that value means that we're all here to learn whatever lessons we are here to learn. We're all kind of in this together. Mm -hmm. And so um, when we look at it that way, it makes it a lot easier to deal with any relational conflicts we might have with other people because 
they may be learning a different lesson than you are. Mm. So it really helps to be compassionate and understanding about where each of us is on our journey. Mm-hmm. So I love that answer. And, and I, I think there's two parts to it that I want to dig in on. The first one, actually, I'll, I'll say the first one, but I'll dig in on the second one first, is a question and a, and a topic that comes up a lot in this show. And it's it's in many ways the cliche topic. But how do you know that's true? And that's not to say it's not true. It's very much in the spirit of how we talked about in the pre-show of what this show is. Like I, I'd love to understand how you got to that conclusion that we are you know, spirits having the human experience, because I think that's a really important thing to, to kind of identify. But maybe before we get to that, I'll start with the other side of it, which is what's what's the implication of that? So if, if we are spirits just having a human experience, does that, you started to talk about it, that it, it, it implies, I guess, what that, is it that the things we experience in our day-to-day lives, that they're not, I'll, I'll throw words out there, you'll correct me, like they're not as important as we think they are, they're not um, as we, we just misinterpret them because we misinterpret them through a human lens. Like what's the implication mm-hmm. of the fact that we actually are just spirits and we're not the humans that we think we are. That's not the primal or primary thing that we are. Yeah. Well, I mean, we are just humans and you know, what's the difference between um, you and I talking and being animated and sharing these important thoughts and um, our bodies, our vessels for that spirit without the spirit attached to it, mm-hmm. you know, you and I would be on a couple of slabs, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so when I talk about spirit, I'm talking about um, energy beings, you know, sure. the part, whatever makes us, us. So yeah, why is it, in, why is it important? Um, it really helps to understand that even though we are separate individuals having these experiences, um, we are all contributing to each other's experiences. Mm. So if we can be compassionate and understanding that someone may not see the world the way you do, but they definitely see it the way they do, there's room for learning from each other, which is I really think why we're here mm. um, to, to, be, to, to understand each other better, to communicate in a way that respects everyone else that mm. we encounter. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we could take the time to do that, imagine what the world would be like. I think there would be a lot less um, hatred, a lot less fear, um, probably a lot less war and and um, other kinds of uh, violent and aggression, whether that's physical violence or emotional or verbal violence. Yeah. Is it is it is it safe to say that in our base form, kind of our spiritual form? we are all the same, quite literally. And it's just because we experience life through our kind of human vessels, if you will, that that makes us seem different, right? We have different lived experiences. There are, there, there are certain biological factors, genetics, you know, things happening in our minds that take that base form, which is the same for everybody and make it seem like it's different, different beliefs, mm-hmm. different views, different biases, different blind spots. Is that kind of the, the working thesis of it that, again, if you could strip all that away, we're exactly the same. We would see the world the same way. It's just that makes it different for us. What a, what a lovely question. I, I think that um, at our core, core, right? The part of us that starts out the way we all start out, which is a, a you know carrying a spark of creation within mm-hmm. us. I mean, because we all do, that's physics, that's mm-hmm. the big bang or whatever you want to call it. We are all connected Einstein's spooky action at a distance. Mm -hmm. Somehow we're all connected and communicating. Um, But individually, we will 
necessarily and this is science too this isn't just woo woo stuff you yeah. know that we will necessarily come into this body with some pre uh preordained or a priori experience that comes from and and this is the this is the study of epigenetics and um you know that that our ancestry also helps to inform mm -hmm. the kind of stuff our spirit is made of what are some of the you know for example they've done studies with um grandchildren of holocaust survivors and somehow no matter how wonderful their upbringing was these kids are having anxiety or or depression that really they've discovered comes handed down from the the experience of their predecessors mm -hmm. and you know we see this in evolution too that's how birds evolve to have mm -hmm. colors because it makes biological and evolutionary sense for them to do that which they received from their their ancestors so um you know survival of the fittest mm -hmm. now in our case uh we get a lot of trauma sometimes that that evolves with our spirit so it's our duty every chance that we get whether we incarnate as another human or some other life form is to take whatever lessons we're here to learn and and really make sense of them and learn them so that we're not passing trauma on to the next generation or the next iteration whatever that might be super interesting because it's almost like there's that long-term view re really literally of as you're explaining it like that's the mistake i i would assume people may make which is to think it's just this life just this experience very finite and it's tapping into that idea of as you're saying like the energy that's behind the universe is is as far as we know infinite Mm -hmm. And it does continue to shift as it's funny. I was just a stupid example, but I use it. I was just heating up my son's last day of school was today. So he had um, a half day. So I was heating up some pizza for him in the toaster oven. And I was thinking along some similar lines because I, I was reading some physics recently and, you know, there's heat being generated and the atoms are moving and that heat's now transferring to the pizza and it's causing us and it never goes anywhere. It just keeps transferring to something yes. else. And that's what yes. you're saying on a human level. That is exactly it. Is, it makes a lot of sense. Right. Let me ask this question then. Is there why, why do you think? So if you, if you trace it back, you can go all the way back to the Big Bang and maybe even before that, but let's just go to, to humans, right? The human human history. Why do you think we seemingly got so off track, as you said, right? The wars we have today, the, the fear, the suffering, the things that happened. Why did we evolve away from that kind of base soul that we are to have all these problems and trauma that we've created? Was that just happenstance? It's just the way it worked out. Was it was it evolutionary that in some way it benefited us to do that? And now we need to course correct because it went too far. How do you think about how we got here? Yeah, the root of all suffering is really the separation from non-duality. So our so our sense of, you know, whether you, it's not necessarily a, a theological thing, but we might call it separation from the divine. And by that, I mean the divine state of mm -hmm. oneness that we are when we're not in, a, a, a solid form you know what i mean mm -hmm. so as you said the my science view of reincarnation is is the science uh principle that energy never dies it just changes mm -hmm. form right so so we are going to change form our our energy is always interconnected so the but where does the suffering start mm -hmm um is really just that initial separation from the oneness which happens just by taking form mm -hmm. so there's already like this really uncomfortable you know and we see it in in um 
when we look back at where did religion or or that you know mythology where did all that come from trying to make sense of that which we don't understand mm -hmm. is really a call to reunite with our original form which is uh, a non-dual you know that thing over there and me over here mm. when we're all interconnected you know well collective consciousness you know whatever you want to call it um so there is a sadness and a melancholy that takes place just by being put into a, this low vibrational form yeah. now yeah. Some people can deal with that. Some people don't feel that much of a separation. You know, the highly spiritual people, the shamans, the the people who are are deeply connected to spirit in some way understand this. Anyone who's done a lot of psychedelics the right way understands this. Um, that's why psychedelics are used for people who have uh, terminal illness to help them deal with the depression of their impending death because it really helps them to see oh god we are uh, we're okay we're okay so that re momentary reuniting so there's that mm -hmm. but then there's also the cultural aspect right so in here in america this is a country that was founded on puritanical beliefs which automatically rejects divine sexuality mm -hmm. um rejects the beauty of the divine masculine and feminine and puts male, male over female. Now we have all kinds of problems that are gonna happen for our children, mm -hmm. right? Because now we're really not able to shine our light anymore. We have rules. further and further. Yeah, and further. yeah. yeah. And, and so now, now you can see if you have a rope with lots of threads attached and then you start teasing that apart, you've got a tiny little thread and our thread is stretching right now. Mm -hmm. So it's actually, it behooves us as we move into this next age which people are calling the age of aquarius that's an age where we move into more hu humanitarian thinking where we're thinking more about our unity rather than our separation mm. doesn't look like it right now because we're we are in the final stages the ring of fire i call it mm -hmm. as we as we rebirth into our our new human selves so if you if you follow that thread <clears throat> that that inherent as soon as we're put into human form that 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 disconnect that forms right away right as you mm. explained it would you say is that is that a defect in the design of, of the universe however you want to think of the design of the universe or is it is it random or is it intentional right because i i think of it i think of this question all the time no surprise being that i do this show of that mm -hmm. question of what why are we here what, what is mm -hmm. this all about right that, ex yeah. that exact dichotomy you spoke of in that disconnect and kind of the twisted thing I always think about life is that we never get definitive answers. We never know exactly what it is or why. And that's such that that only adds to that melancholy and that sadness. So it seems like it would be like a, a, a bad trick somebody's playing on us, right? So it would seem like it's a defect. This whole idea that we do get disconnected from the divine, the energy, whatever it is, that causes us a lot of the suffering. Why, why is it that way? Is it, how, how do you view that? Do you view it as it's meant to be that way or it's okay that it's that way? Yeah, well, keep in mind the universe or or all of existence is a living being. So we are, I, I like to think of, of us all, and I'm not just talking about humans, but I think that we are all um, here as ambassadors of divine con or uh, collective consciousness. Okay. So in our life, we have um, we have a purpose to kind of undo some of the misunderstanding mm -hmm. of you know that that disconnect that we were talking about 
Um, certainly, uh, you know, the human brain is fallible. So now we'll talk about humans for a second. Human brain is fallible. Um, and so this is our opportunity to say, okay, we are evolving, right? So think about how even humans have evolved. If we stopped where we were millions of years ago, we would not, um, we wouldn't be where we are now mm -hmm. at all, you know? So or whatever form we were millions of years ago, we needed to evolve. Um, so we are constantly evolving and changing. So it's not a defect, but rather we're not done yet. Is you there know, an intention is, to it this then? Is Does that oh, yeah. suggest the, that there is an end yeah, point the, that the, it is meant to get to? The grand design is to continue to evolve. And that means the entire being is evolving. So we're just a tiny little part of it, but but we also generate an immense amount of, of consciousness through each of our individual lives. That's why it's so important for us to do our inner work so that mm -hmm. once we're once we have uh, returned to the collective consciousness, we are bringing information back, right, to to the collective consciousness. This is okay. I did this work, mm -hmm. right, and so um, here's what I'm bringing back. Here was my experience. I undid this trauma and I helped in this way, um, and I I found my way back home. You know, um, what, the, what would you say, Rachel? Is it do we know? Do you know? Do we know? The, the evolution, as you said, there is an intention, we're evolving, we're moving towards something. Do we have any sense of what that end state, like, what are we evolving towards? What, what is the universe or, or the divine or whatever mm -hmm. we want to call it? What is it trying to get us to get to? Does it know? Does it have an end state it's trying to push us to? Or is it just... I, I think it's just constant creation. But, you know, if you want to make it a little... Uh, because the whole purpose, you know, we're constantly moving, we're constantly evolving. That There was a wonderful documentary that I, I've been racking my brain trying to remember the name of it, but it was a beautiful documentary about um, the, the lines crossing between um, spirit and science. Mm -hmm. And there is a theory that, that this, ent this entire universe or cosmos or whatever is one entity that is constantly moving itself forward through space and time and that um, it is its own being. And we are just a tiny, tiny, tiny part of it, um, but very, very important to its mobility and its growth. So that alone is a beautiful thing to contemplate, yeah. but bringing it a little bit down to earth, there are um, like uh, Alberto Violdo, who is a, a shamanic teacher, says that human beings are evolving from homo sapiens to homo luminous. So we are getting to a point where we are using energy, where we're working with energy to heal ourselves, to heal the planet, to, you know, that's where maybe humanity is evolving toward. And, and I find it fascinating and I certainly want to read more about that. Yeah. But, yeah. You know. All right. So let me go back to the first point. And this, this, this is often where I sound cynical or skeptical and, and maybe that's true, but in, in the spirit of the show, it's more to just, to, to, I think this is so interesting. I think it's so important mm -hmm. too, obviously. I mean, yeah. to me, what's more important than a conversation like this? So everything that we've said thus far, I think there's a lot of good reason, um, logic, scientific evidence, arguably to believe it is true, but, but I think the nature of it is, and, and I'm curious if you agree that we don't know for sure. We don't mm -hmm. actually know. It seems to be that's the case. There's a lot of things that suggest that. So it certainly could be true. But because we never know for sure, how, how you, you've obviously, to some extent, 
back to the, what this show is about, the value system, you value that because you, you believe or at least assume that it is true and you act accordingly, which is, mm-hmm. which is great and makes sense. Where does that confidence come from? Like, is there any fear in you that says maybe this thing is actually totally different than I thought it was? To use maybe an extreme example, maybe the Puritans had it right. Maybe that actually is. There is a God that created this in a very specific way and wants these rules to be followed. A lot of people would say that's unlikely. And sure, it is unlikely, but it's possible. How do you deal with that uncertainty of it? How do you, where does the confidence come from to say, no, 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 this is what I'm going to live in accordance with? Right. So as somebody who's equally left brain, right brain, someone who loves spirit and science equally, because I don't actually think they are different. Mm. I think science just hasn't caught up or spirit hasn't caught up or whatever, but I actually see them, you know, very much intertwined. So the way that I test that theory is to apply it to every other theory that I hear. Mm. And so far, what I, you know, the, the value system that I live by has not been shaken from its core. So if the Puritans were right, there's a there's a disconnect there. We're, there's still a disconnect. There's still someone being superior to someone else. Because um, I, you know, I have studied uh, many different religions. I teach a course in different religions. So I, I can say that the idea of a damning God or a God that is a punishing God um, doesn't hold all of the majesty mm-hmm. there, you know, is there, is there negativity and evil and darkness in the world? Yes. Just as much as there is light, it has to be that way. We have to be balanced. <clears throat> so we have this beautiful balance within us too. The issue is not aligning with it or judging it. You know, not to say to, to for me to accept that I have homicidal rage in me as much as I have compassion and love and care means now I've equaled my balance sheet, mm. you know, and I think that's that's what the goal is. Right. So mm. it can't you know, I, I can't imagine a world where um, there is an imbalance in, you know, like I'm thinking about the puritanical mm-hmm. version of the world, the, the imbalance doesn't work for me scientifically and it doesn't work again just to press on that it doesn't work because when you logically look at the evidence for lack of a better word it doesn't add up it doesn't seem like that works out it's not because what what i fear often is that we it's 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 aspirational like we want it to be a certain way and therefore it's become self-fulfilling and we assume well it has to be that way because that's what i want it to be and it makes me feel more comfortable right what you're saying is like Sure, there's probably some of that in all of us, but you're trying to step outside of it, be as objective as possible and just look at what it actually is. And when you look at that, it tells you, it just seems very unlikely that that is what we're actually dealing it's, with. It's too limited. It's, it's too, too limited, limited for yeah. the great mystery of the world, you know? And and if if we went by, and I know we just keep harping on yeah, this yeah. one example, but puritanical, look at how many uh, women have contributed so positively to the world that would otherwise not be able to without their husband's permission or something like that, which probably wouldn't be given, Right. you know, um, and there's way, there are way too many other stories about this Abrahamic God mm-hmm. that don't include that, you know, and so, so for me, I'm always looking for the, the, equi- the balance in the equation, yeah. right? What's the common denominator? 
we're solving for X all the time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, I do. And so, um, so I try different, you know, and, and believe me, I have tried my hand at several religions to see like, what's this really like? And what's, mm -hmm. what's it, what would it be like for me to just be a quiet uh, wife to someone? Well, that doesn't necessarily I agree, agree with my sexuality or my gender identity or what, you know, see what I'm mm -hmm. saying? So mm -hmm. we have, if, if there is divine creation, then however we are made is the way we are meant to be made, mm. right? Mm -hmm. If we really, really want to give the omnipotent God props, mm -hmm. right? We mm -hmm. have to say that all beings exactly as they are made are divine. And anything other that is too small to, of a way to look at such a, an expansive um, idea. Now, and we got a little bit into religion there, but you know. Well, I'll, I'll say one more on religion, just because I'm, I'm curious. Your response. So you mentioned before, we have to have the light and the dark. So, mm -hmm. so just to the example you're doing, just to continue to press on the thread, somebody could say, you can imagine a, a Christian of some form or whatever it might be saying like, well, no, 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 because there, there is evil in the world. There is, there is this negative in the yeah. world. And yeah. when people are not so to your point about, you know, your sexuality, your gender, whatever, it not matching up with what you're told the divine said you should be, that's, that's the devil, or that's that evil in the world showing its face. It doesn't disprove that. It just shows that there, there's, there's good and bad, there's evil, right? Obviously, I'm not saying that's true, but sure. what's the logical comeback to that to say like, no, 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 actually, I still don't think that could be the case. Oh, yeah, that to me, and that's a great question, too, because I never got that logic. Oh, and, and so a gay man has the devil in him. Mm -hmm. Wait a second. Who created that gay man? Right. So you say, if why would you create it? Why would God? Yeah, create, I, that, yes, I agree you know, and so they said, well, he's been tempted mm -hmm. by the devil. He was perfect. No, he was born this way. Mm -hmm. And God if we want to go through the religious yep, yep. channel, right? So if God created this gay man, that is perfection from God's perspective, yeah, right? You can't have it both ways. If God is perfect that's and right. omnipotent, then that's what right. God does has to be perfect. That's and, right. And yeah. they say, well, he's been swayed. He's been tempted, right? Somewhere along the line. That now we have to understand too that the devil was God's right-hand man mm -hmm. for a long time. So that is the, the mythology of the dark and light that exists within us. So we can't say that, you know, that one takes over. And, and again, um, uh, there's, you know, there's, there's just so much of a, a bigger way yeah. for us to, to look at humanity and what we all contribute mm -hmm. to, uh, to humanity. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that would usually be my argument yeah. for that. You can't, you know. And, you know, you, you would hear people say, well, well, we can't understand God's ways. And that's like, that's another one of those statements where I say that certainly could be true. It's possible that- Can't understand, science, understand. Either, can't understand it, right? science either. Can't understand science, right? <laughs> Just because we don't can't understand it and it's possible that it's that way doesn't mean it is that way. To your point, we have to try and look at the evidence, just using that word again, as best we mm -hmm. can and see what it is. So I, I think that's right. And that's, you're exactly right. The, the uncertainty of it makes it so tricky because anybody with any religious beliefs or spiritual beliefs could say, well, maybe, maybe it's this. And the truth is, yeah, maybe it is. But that doesn't prove that it is like to say with certainty, we can't say that. So let me go the other direction with it then to, to back to where we were, which is kind of the, the more holistic, complete view of the energy of the universe. Um, so we're talking about kind of the intention there and the evolution that that's at play. What about the, the response that says, go to the other side of the spectrum? Yeah, yeah, there is an energy. There was a big bang or whatever it was that created it, but it is completely random and meaningless. There is actually no purpose to it. 
We as humans, we just evolved this way by happenstance. There's no responsibility or burden or purpose that we have to learn and connect back to the, to the greater consciousness. It's all completely random. What do you, how have you, have you grappled with that? Have you considered that? Yeah, but it, that doesn't, to, to me, that sounds like the same thing. Same, still too limited. It's still, it's, you yeah. know, because it's still random. Yes, yes. Chaos is part of the great mystery, you know, absolutely. And, and so is it, is it all random? What you do with that chaos, with that mm. randomness is what matters, mm. you know? multiverses are very hot right now right so it's like any choice we make there are many other options if you haven't seen um everything everywhere all at once no, great no, movie no. yeah you gotta, yeah, watch, that. gotta watch that it's that's a it's a wonderful and it's funny it's got great martial arts so, in it too. Nice. <laughs> so i'm gonna watch arts. it with my son and see if he <laughs> likes it but anyway um yeah so that doesn't change my view at all um it's like yes for you in this lifetime, that's your experience. Good. Take take that energy back with you and and add it to the collective. You know, add it to the collective. Great. That's how we learn. You know, I don't think that anybody's uh, philosophy is necessarily wrong or right. We are here, as I said, as ambas ambassadors, um, and. And that's why, you know, we're all kind of like down here doing is a big lab down here. Yeah. And I think to your point too, where, where, where that idea falls down for me is something still had to start it right back mm -hmm. to where we were. Energy can't yeah. be created or destroyed. Right. It just, but something did create it. It did mm -hmm. come from somewhere initially. And that idea of it's completely random. It's like, but something had to trigger that first event. And mm -hmm. what was that? And to me, that's where it doesn't, again, it doesn't prove anything. It doesn't give us anything concrete, no. but it suggests very strongly that there's something behind it because otherwise yeah. there would be nothing, right? There's, that a, would there's be, an, a little nudge, a little a nudge. Little nudge. Yeah. And whatever that is, <laughs> some people think that's God. Some yes. people think that's the energy force or the life force, whatever. I think it's it the same thing. Yeah. You know, there, there are uh, so many things we can call it. And to me, they're all the same, whether you call it God or Allah or Yahweh or, yep. or um, science or whatever it is, just mm -hmm. um, uh, the, the chaos that caused things to start moving, mm -hmm. uh, cosmic boredom. I don't know what it was, yeah. you know, yeah. um, but whatever it is, I even go so far and I know people like a roll their eyes at this, but I think that it, at the core of it is love, a love of creation a love of um you know the desire to see let's what let's see what happens mm. let's see what happens you mm. know this this nothingness even nothingness is fascinating right I'm, I'm fascinated by black holes i'm fascinated by yeah pre-big bang what was that like or you know? post right if you if you follow i've heard a lot of physicists scientists say eventually this black holes are going to consume the universe again and it'll mm. become nothing again and mm -hmm. even that thought, like, what does that actually mean? What does yeah. it mean that it's going to become nothing again? Is right. Well, we could, we, right. our heads could explode and philosophers yeah. have exploded their heads over this concept. What is, if, if it's nothing, then it has to be something, right? Because it's yeah. not, it's the absence of a thing, which means there's an existence of a right. thing. Uh, yeah. And round and round you go, right? Yeah. yeah, round and round you go. So let's bring it back. Let's bring it back to the start with the value. So with all this being said, this is what I love about the show, because now there's kind of a groundwork laid of understanding how you kind of view the world and how you... So how does that translate back to you for everyday life? How you think about your day-to-day -day decisions, your career choices, your family, your relationships? How does that direct that and guide that for you? Well, it certainly makes me aware of 
making the best use of my time here as I can. Um, and for me, uh, that means that has meant being a writer, being a communicator, um, being a therapist, uh, being a parent, um, and you know how how to help people through uh, the any obstacles or challenges they're having in their life so that they can be the best people they can be while they're here in this form and you would you define know? the best people they could be would that be defined as reconnecting with that spiritual part of them and that energy getting back to that point is that what yeah. that looks like yeah for sure or you know and and everyone's different that's what i love why i love what i do so you know if you go to my website you'll see at the top that i'm a, a self-specialist mm -hmm. i and what that means is i'm not trying to get people to just be egotistical and like here's what i like and this is all about me no it's about finding out who you are and what your skill set is and i don't mean career skill set i mean why are you here what mm. how do you shine your light mm in such a way that you can contribute that back, back to to your fellow man and animal and you know ultimately that collective and the that whole collective yeah. Yeah. yeah so let's let's go there for a second because this is something i i'll admit it completely i grapple with it i struggle with it finding how do you find that thing that says that's that's my purpose let's just use that term right in in, in lieu of what you were just saying because for me i find it so difficult to say with any confidence that this is the thing like how, how do you gauge it how do you know how do you know it's not your mind or your ego or other things at play that are pushing you towards something that's actually not right for you and i certainly understand the idea of kind of going within and trying to find that true authentic self but there's so many layers of complexity through the evolution that we've talked about through the external things that influence us the way our minds are designed i struggle so much to find that with any confidence and then i feel like almost to an extent like a failure because that I agree in many ways that is the point of life is to figure out why we're here and how we contribute back to whatever it is and if you feel like you can't find that thing that can feel like well that's that's kind of the biggest thing there is that's why we're here so right. how do you think about that how do you help people find that with any confidence right well Terry you're doing it right now hmm. you know this is what you were called to do one of the things that you were called to do is have this podcast to share these ideas this is exactly what we're talking about. How do you know though? How do you know? I don't disagree, I don't, obviously. Yeah, how, yeah. Like what makes you feel like that's true? Because because you're doing it. Because but, you were you were motivated enough to say, I'm gonna take my time to talk about value. And that now I'm not saying that's your sole life purpose. Sure. Remember, I gave you a list of things that I do to contribute in, in this form. Yes. Right? I, I gave you three things. I'm a writer, I'm a therapist, I'm a parent these are these are ways that i communicate you are also a parent mm -hmm. right so you are you are sharing your life experience with another being who is going to absorb that and carry on see what i'm saying so I you're do. contributing you're con so we have to get over this western idea that we're supposed to be um you know the top of our game in a field uh, it, that's just so limited but what about yeah. if, if the if the if the framework or the the calculation whatever you want to call it is because and, and I, I don't mean to oversimplify this so yeah, 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 go ahead. because because i'm doing it that means that's it i the example i always use well hitler created concentration camps and did a lot of horrible things does that mean that was his purpose just because he devoted time and energy to to do it like that's where i get tripped up because i fear 
I don't think I'm Hitler. I hope obviously. Right. But that fear of like, we could assume, yeah, yeah, I, I should do this. This is my purpose because I'm doing it. But then we hurt a lot of people or we do something that's negative in some way. How do you right. Because that? Hitler didn't do the work. He had a daddy who didn't love him. You know, Hitler was Jewish. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of work that man was not doing. So there's the work. It's 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 yeah. when you're doing something after having done the work, then you can have or or even congruently. Okay. You know, uh, I'm sorry, concurrently when right. you are okay. when you are working, um, when you're working on yourself, then you are able to see a clearer path toward why am I here. When you're acting from a closed place um, of pain, of fear, that's when that's when evil has that's when Satan comes, you know. <laughs> right. right. right? That, yeah. um, the, the, that's when the darkness can take over. And we mm -hmm. see that everywhere right now. People are afraid and people are um, you know, being very uh, the, you know, divergent beliefs mm -hmm. instead of seeing our, our connection. That's because the work isn't being done. Um, they're leaning into the fear. They're leaning into the pain. And, and when we are in pain, yeah. we lash out. Is there, I ask this genuinely, like, is, is there a blueprint or a playbook for that work? Because that's where my mind would go next. And you get the idea of how I think now, right? Very, very logical, probably to a fault and constantly like testing to see like, if I can disprove that, right? So that would beg the question next of, okay, you have to do the work. How does somebody know if they've done the right work, if they've done it the right way, if they've done enough of it, right? Because you could have that issue where somebody says, okay, I've done the work. I'm good now. Now I know myself and I can move and act, but maybe they didn't do the work right or they didn't do enough of it. So how does that kind of play into it? You'll, you, know in, in your, you know in your body, you know when you feel as though um, it feels a lot like... Um, doors are opening like your body feels open right if you haven't done the work you tend to have anxiety or closed feeling or depression or you shut down mm. and that's not a judgment that's just a, a a beautiful indicator like the light on the dashboard of your car going off saying you need to change the oil that's all it is oh okay i so i feel when i feel open when i feel um like i'm not afraid or I'm not acting out of fear or rage or whatever, uh, then I know, uh, and, and, and it comes to us instance by instance, right? So like I can be just off of meditation, I'm fine, whatever. Uh, I, I get downstairs, I peacefully clean my cat box and, you know, and one of the ugliest tasks of my life. <laughs> Agreed on and that. And then I start, I make my cup of tea and then the cat goes in and takes a poop right after <laughs> I clean the cat box. And I'm like, you know, and then I, and then I stop and I go, aha, there it is. Mm. That's, that's that unfinished bit of work. And then mm. I can laugh at it and let it go and kiss my cat and it's done. Clean the cat box again. <laughs> does that, does that suggest then that, and again, we're always that, a work in progress. We're always know? a work in progress, but discomfort, suffering. Mm -hmm. There's some people that view it that that's not only is it a, a part of life that we can't get away from, it's actually super functional and we should experience discomfort and suffering often, arguably. Yeah. Is what you're saying that the indication that we're doing it right is that sense of peace and calm <laughs> and almost that flow state. Is that what we should aspire towards? If, if we if we get as close to it as we can, we should experience minimal discomfort and suffering. Is that a fair kind of logical conclusion? Well, again, 
what's more important than anything else is non-judgment of those feelings. Hmm. That's okay. the important thing. Right. Look, in order for there to be a pearl, there has to be a nasty piece of sand Interesting. inside yeah. that oyster. Yeah. Really annoying, really annoying. So annoying that I'm going to create something absolutely gorgeous and, and, and very precious, right? So when we don't judge those moments of suffering and say, this is what it means to be alive, this is moving me toward... This is in this one little moment moving me toward a better, deeper awareness of myself. I'm so grateful for that. That's what we're talking about. So, yes, yeah, so the Buddhist idea, we all suffer. Of course, we all suffer. If I punch myself in the face right now, it's going to hurt. I'll yeah. suffer, you know, but uh, the question is, why would I do that? Right. <laughs> you know? And and what am I learning from that? Yeah. You know, yeah. so, um, yeah, we're going to suffer. But the, the important part is not to not to attach ourselves to that suffering or identify with that suffering, but rather seeing it as um, sort of just that little push along the conveyor belt of our lives. It's almost know? it almost ties back to where you started with the, the soul versus the human experience or, or, or that phenomenon mm -hmm. in that the yeah. human suffering, the human level of suffering, if you will. Sure, that's always going to happen for all the reasons you're yeah. saying. It's that different type. There, our soul shouldn't be suffering. Our soul right. should be able to look at it and say, this is all part of it. This is all that's us right. learning that's and figuring right. it out. That's, that's a goal. really interesting way to say it. I haven't hadn't thought of it that way before, but that makes that makes a lot of sense. If, if from a soul perspective, you can look at that suffering and say, I'm indifferent towards it because mm -hmm. I know it's part of the program. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's the aspiration. And instead of getting, you know, crawling up on your couch and pulling the covers around and going, I'm a terrible person or, you know, whatever, and life sucks. Instead saying, Oh, I'm going through something hard right now. Let me figure out the kindest, most loving way to move through this. How, how do you think about that? I, first, let me say this because I, I love this conversation. I say that often, but I really I love most conversations. But this is so interesting and so fundamental, I think, to how we think and function as humans. So I'm going to keep pressing on it. Like, how do you think about that person who has a debilitating disease, or or maybe something like let's go back to the times of slavery? Somebody. I read a, a book or something, I forget where it was now, and it was one of the most horrific things to imagine. It was about, somebody was retelling the story of a slave auction and an and African woman who literally had their child ripped from their hands and, and the slave auctioneer was holding the child, dangling it over and sold it off to somebody. And the mother had to watch this happen, right? When you think of events like that through the lens of which we're talking about, I, I think it still holds, but I, I wanna test it as far as we can. Like, so in that moment, the thought is for that woman, to think obviously that's horrible that's horrific that's suffering you just spoke about but on some level there should there be I, I hesitate to use the word but should there be some comfort in knowing that in the grand scheme of things this is all part of the program like how do you, how do you think about that yeah that's really hard to sort of say yeah you know just understand course, look at the big picture we all know Honey, you know yeah, no yeah. i mean some horrific situation like that and and of course there are hundreds if not thousands um and in for those who believe in reincarnation and human form, you know, some of the work that I've done shamanically, I've died many times horrifically mm. for speaking the way that I'm speaking to you right now, right? For being a healer and being murdered and having my child taken from me. And I've had all of these experiences, you know, in other lifetimes. I'm not saying at all that it should be uh, accepted as part, you know, in a situation like that, we have to remember we're still fully human. Hmm. 
And that means the full range of emotions. So that means someone in that terrible position and, and even the, the parents whose children have been killed because of gun violence in this country. Mm -hmm. I think of them too, of having your child ripped from you. I can't, and, and I'm sure as a parent, you get this too. I can't wrap my head around that. Because we're fully human, we have to go through the human process of grieving and we have to go through the rage and the the pain and the sorrow and 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 have those experiences we can't bypass them because if we were just to say it all happens for a reason mm -hmm. that's spiritual bypass right mm -hmm. so we we want we need to experience that deeply so that we can find whatever wisdom is in it and everyone's will be different mm. you know mm. um mm. yeah i can't obviously i couldn't speak for sure everyone who's ever suffered in that way but but to say that one thing for sure and this is true for all trauma you can't bypass it you don't have to re-traumatize yourself by going back through it but you do have to grieve the loss of whatever was taken from you yeah and there's something in that i, I don't know where this is going to go i'm thinking of it live as i say it but i think there's something in it like i, I wonder that pro as as we're talking about that as i was giving that example and then as you spoke about it in the school shootings and the different things i there's an energy to that there's something that gets elicited in me i can only speak for myself that i feel that tells me there's something there's something meaningful in that there's something more to it there's something as horrific as those scenarios we talk about are that that human ability to process that to feel that pain to think about how i can try and heal or be better or help somebody not have to suffer that pain there's something so beautiful in that, something so magical in that. And I wonder how that reconciles back to the soul, right? There's the human versus the soul is, is in some ways, I'll just say in the simple terms, in some ways is the human form better because it has that ability to process and feel that pain and not have the big picture perspective to feel like, well, it's all part of the plan. It's all what it is, because that may be true. And our souls may know that. And maybe this is biased because we are human, but there's a part of me that feels like I wouldn't want to give up that human experience. As horrible as it can be, there's something so beautiful in it. Yeah. Is there anything to that? I don't know. What's what's the reaction to that? Yeah, I, I think I, I get it. I mean, obviously, I'm not an authority on this sure. myself, but but um, my feeling would be that, um, yeah, you know, if we go back to the spiritual ambassador idea that yeah, you know, my suffering return, I'm, I'm reporting back to, to collective consciousness. This is something that humans have experienced. We need to, we need to do something with mm. this information, mm. you know? Um, and I don't know what to do with it. So let's, let's figure it out. Let's figure it out. Um, how can we make sure that this unnecessary level right. of suffering doesn't happen again yeah there's something very optimistic and hopeful with that view of life in the universe that and it, it's 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 ironic perhaps because it, it does you said the phrase before it, it it does start to sound and look a little bit in that religious cliche of you know everything happens for a reason or god has a plan it does start to look like that a little bit but it's it's more um it's more nuanced it's a little bit more um grounded in i guess science call it what you will i don't know what the right mm -hmm. term is but but the concept still holds this idea of we are constantly learning and evolving where you started mm -hmm. there's something in that that feels like okay no matter how horrific the thing is and there will be horrific things obviously mm -hmm. unfortunately mm -hmm. 
it is <clears throat> working towards something that's hopefully going to get us to a better place. Mm-hmm. You kind of can understand why certain people that believe in religious faith take so much solace in that sentiment. You, you, mm-hmm. you can understand it, right? Yeah, I, I absolutely do. And um, to me, it's all the same. What, all the same. What, what you call that thing that you, that, but what's, what's different though, I think is um, the continuation of the duality. So here's me and God is out there. And that doesn't vibe for me. You know, for me, it's, you are not separate from the universe, God creation. You're not. And even it says so um, in the, in the Bible, um, God created man in his image. Think about that. Mm if if man is created man meaning woman too yep. um uh, or, or anyone, anyone um, yeah. but anyway you know what is god's image of god mm-hmm. that's how we were created mm-hmm. omnipotent omnipresent not the other way around mm-hmm. so god not wouldn't necessarily be in human form sitting on a cloud in the sky right. with a crown because that would be god making man in man's image or man making god in man's image right which is is what a lot of people would say right version of god that we think of is a man-made creation based on our image versus the true god and you know what's interesting about that is as i've tried to evolve and and be more open-minded i found a lot of religious people whether they be christian jewish muslim all different faiths beyond that that but christian is the one i know best that have a much more evolved view of that who i think agree with that who are who are devout christians but start to recognize that this idea of a separate place where god is and heaven is 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 wrong we misinterpreted that it actually is all interconnected so i think you're right i don't think they necessarily conflict as much as we think they do traditionally maybe but as we continue to learn and grow i think they're actually very similar and people are realizing that from all sides. yeah yeah there's a wonderful book um by an episcopalian priest um her name is cynthia bourgeau and she wrote a book called uh the wisdom jesus which i highly recommend if you haven't read it it's Mm -mm. life-changing beautiful but it speaks of what you're talking about Mm -mm. there Mm -mm. well listen rachel i i've i've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation again i say that often but i really do people are fascinating and i think Mm -hmm. anytime you talk to some anybody is fascinating to me but people who spend a lot of time thinking about these things who who question and, and try and understand it it leads to such a robust conversation. Um, and it's not to say we're right, exactly as you said. Neither of us are the authority, neither of us no. know for sure. But we're trying. We're just ambassadors. We're, we're just ambassadors <laughs> trying to figure it out and learn and be better and, and grow mm-hmm. and all those things. So I appreciate you a ton for being on the show, obviously, answering these questions, having this conversation with me, um, but also just the work you're doing in general. I think trying to bring that to people, whether it be your family, your child, your patients, whatever it be. Um, I think it's got to help. It's got to help that collective in in a positive way, I would imagine. So thank you so much. It's absolutely my pleasure, Terry. Thanks for having me. You have a great day.